Well, good afternoon and welcome to uh, Thursday afternoon, another Thursday edition of the What's in the Cup podcast. I'm Neil Weaver uh, here in the president's office with Dr. Judy Orton Grissett. Uh, really pleased to have you with us here today. I know we're going to have some fun uh, talking about the things you're involved with and, uh, and and some of the things that you like to do. I know you got uh, a full plate of activities uh, beyond your work, so we're going to have a chance to talk about some of that uh, with Dr. Grissett. Glad she's with us. Uh, as uh, as has been the case, we got Jonathan Hobbs with us here today, uh, helping us. Uh, Bob is still out with uh, some recovery but we are uh, always thinking about him and and uh, looking forward to having him back i know he's doing well and uh we're gonna we're gonna have him back soon but jonathan's doing a great job keeping us going with our weekly podcast here about georgia southwestern state university and uh, we uh, try to get started every uh, week with some discussion about student success uh, and we've got a couple of things to, to uh, get started with. Last week, we kind of gave out our uh, enrollment numbers, which were very good, up about 1.5% headcount, uh, credit hour production right uh, just about flat. And so we're pleased with that. We are always looking to grow our student population, and uh, we'll continue to try to do that for next fall. But uh, registration opens next week, so students... Uh, now is the time to be talking to your advisor and uh, getting your schedule mapped out, not only for next semester, but this is the first time uh, that I'm aware of that we're going to be offering and enrolling students in both the spring semester and the summer semester at the same time. And so students will have a chance to really plan uh, ahead and a couple of semesters ahead. So we hope that they'll take advantage of that. The uh, May semester. Uh, is always a good opportunity for students to pick up a, uh, an additional class. They get uh, maybe three credit hours in about three weeks, right? It's about a three-week uh, window. And uh, this year, we've made some special arrangements with our housing and, and uh, want to make sure that students that want to stay for the May semester, uh, we reduce the price of housing for those three weeks. So I think it's down to about $290. They can stay in the same room they're in, take a class, uh, and uh, not have to move, not have to change uh, their pattern. They can, you know, classes start basically the Monday after uh, the spring semester ends. So they can just stay here, continue to take a class for three more weeks, get home by the 1st of June, and uh, have what, what most people would consider to be a normal summer. Make some money, take an online course, and, uh, and, and get that out of the way. So we want to encourage students to really look at that May semester look at what's available, stay on track to graduate, keep getting those 15 hours uh, a semester, keep getting those 30 hours a year so that uh, we can see you four years after you started. So that's going on next week. Uh, encourage everyone, go see your advisor. Don't try to enroll without getting some advice. That's uh, the one way to mess it up and uh, that gets you off track and we don't want that to happen. So uh, that starts next week. But the other other news that uh, I just got earlier today is a look at our retention numbers from uh, from last year for first time freshmen uh, becoming sophomores. And this is I thought really interesting. We've talked about, a lot about the overall number. Uh, we, we went from 61 percent to over 68 percent is the largest one year change uh, in the retention rate in the last 10 years. 
there have been two percentage point you know increases or decreases maybe two maybe three uh, but to move over seven uh, percentage points in one year is by far the largest uh, the last time we had that big of a swing we actually went down seven percentage points uh, back in 2008 so uh, really again I want to congratulate everybody on campus uh, for making that happen working so hard putting in the effort but as we as we look at retention numbers there's some interesting things inside that uh, overall number that i wanted to bring everybody's attention to the first is uh, our african-american student population uh, this year retention rate for our african-american students went from 58 percent just under 58 percent to 70.2 percent so a 12.4 percent increase uh, which is ter really terrific. And I think that, uh, that some, obviously some of the things we did, uh, our communication, uh, the work that we put in uh, had a real impact and I wanna congratulate everybody for that. Um, the, the, the interesting thing about that, however, is that our African-American male students uh, are retained at a 58% rate. So uh, our African-American females are retained at 76%. So we do, uh, the female students are really doing well, uh, having success and staying. Uh, the men continue to uh, trail. And so we really need to think about how do we deal with the African-American male? The same is true for, for white males. They, they retain at a 63% rate while white females are at 70, 71, almost 72%. So there's a difference there as well. So we really need to think about as a general rule, how, do we, how are we dealing with our male students? What are the issues um, that would cause them to be less successful or mm -hmm. to uh, not continue at, at the same rate? Um, obviously, we have more women students than men students. So uh, if you're going to have one group that's more successful than the other, mm -hmm. I guess you pick the women. Uh, but we want all of our students to be successful. And I um, think this is a trend, too, that's happening in, in middle school and high school. So this is something yeah. that's not just happening at the level of higher education, right, where girls are more likely to stay and, um, and kind of connecting back to the African American males is the sense of belonging, right? Yeah, Where do I belong yeah. um, on campus? You know, do I belong, you know, here in this classroom? Um, and I think that it's important for there to be um, uh, programming or there to be some efforts uh, to make all students feel welcome on campus. And so I think this is, again, this isn't necessarily just a GSW right. issue. I think this is a, an education uh, issue. And um, in terms of the, you, you talking about the African-American males, thinking about the work that Irvin Anderson does with African AAMI, African-American right. Right. male initiative and we just I know we're going to talk a little bit ahead about study abroad but um, just to, to say this we went to a meeting about a week or so ago in Macon uh, Mr. Anderson and I and uh, we talked about ways that we can get African-American males involved in study abroad so it's just one small piece of yeah. the bigger puzzle of how can we make sure that again all of our students male female you know different demographic backgrounds can can feel welcome Absolutely. welcome here 
year. And, you, and you're right, this is a, this is a national trend, it's mm -hmm. a national issue, it's so, so much so that the University System of Georgia does have the African American Male Initiative, which Mr. Anderson uh, runs for us here on our campus. He, he applies for a grant every year, mm -hmm. uh, but that, so every institution in the state has, has this particular issue, and uh, uh, the, 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 I guess the, what we're trying to do is figure it out uh, it, we're trying to figure it out institution by institution by institution. You know, different institutions have different cultures or are re recruiting different types of students. Uh, so uh, we can't rely on there being one answer, uh, but there needs to be an answer for us. And, and uh, I agree, uh, Mr. Anderson's doing a great job. Uh, he did retire, you know, from his, some of his teaching duties last year, but we're so certainly glad he's still with us and, and working. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's uh, a lot to be said, as you mentioned, about making uh, creating an environment where people uh, not only feel comfortable, but uh, but feel that they belong and this is right for them. That's and right. Uh, we want them to know that we believe in them. And so uh, finding ways to do that is important. Uh, I, I wanted a couple other things. Uh, students living in our residence halls increased, uh, their retention increased by 10.7%. So mm. uh, this was an area where we were concerned that some of our students living in our residence halls were not being retained and not being as successful as, as they should. Uh, and so some of, the, some of the work that's being done there, some of the uh, initiatives that have been put in place uh, made a real difference, moved that needle 10, uh, over 10 percentage points. And so I wanna encourage the folks working in our uh, residence halls and our housing uh, areas and, and we continue to make improvements and continue to start uh, some additional programming uh, but that makes a big difference and so we want to uh, continue to do that. Uh, first generation students increased 10.5 percent so uh, again I think some of the first year experience some of those intentional advising uh, things that uh, help those first-year students that might get lost or might get confused, uh, who haven't experienced, don't have a don't have anybody to, to call and mm -hmm. say, hey, how do you do this? Uh, having that personal interaction, reaching them on the phone. I think we met with each freshman uh, in the office. Uh, last year and being able to answer those questions, help them get enrolled for the next semester, keep them on track, uh, that makes a huge difference. So you think about first generation students um, keeping 10% more of them and uh, that's about 50% of our freshman class. So mm -hmm. uh, really well done and I uh, again want to applaud everybody uh, for making that happen and uh, if anybody's interested in seeing more of the numbers or having some further discussion about that, I hope you'll let me know. Uh, but retention is, uh, continues to be a focus here at the university as uh, it should be, not just here, but everywhere. And I know that, uh, Judy, your, a lot of your work is focused on uh, students being successful. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, talk to you today about some of the things that you're doing. Uh, I know you're a faculty member, you teach in our psychology mm -hmm. uh, department, so I know you're, you're a faculty member, but you're also the director of experiential learning. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll have to explain to us exactly what <laughs> okay. uh, experiential learning is and how sure. that uh, fits with what we're trying to do here at the university. Sure, yeah, so a little background, you know, I was the director of the Center for Teaching and Learning um, last year and had been doing work with faculty development programming for for that and um, but in the 
I was also doing internships for the department, so the psychology and sociology internships. So was recruiting students to go out into the field to, to do these internship experiences and also doing the CEDL work and also teaching the classes. and. I was also getting interested and even taught a service learning course. So for those of you who, uh, uh, listeners who may not know what service learning is, it's if you had to boil it down, you basically have service where you're doing some kind of volunteer or service activity, but you have a learning component there too. So learning about yourself, your discipline, the community, it's really building all of these skills. So I was really looking at a number of different um, activities and um, then this uh, experiential learning office. Uh, is sort of taking these different pieces of internship, service learning. Um, the new, the wild card was kind of study abroad for me, yeah. admittedly. <laughs> and interestingly, has been what I've been spending a lot of time on this, these past few weeks. But it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun learning. So about that. So uh, the study abroad piece. Um, and then also going back to the Center for Teaching and Learning, doing that faculty development work. So it's it's taking a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, and it's nice to kind of be able to put it in one compartment. It is still, you know, has different moving parts, but it's been good to, okay, now I'm doing my experiential learning piece, which includes right. some of these different things. And students are going to, and students may experience one or or they don't have to experience all of them. That's I mean, right. They could yes. try study abroad or they could do a service learning. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so by coordinating all of those, uh, I hope that we have a, an opportunity to reach more students That's because right. we believe these uh, types of learning environments and experiences are, are beneficial, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I and mean, we think it, it uh, enhances the learning that takes place in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so uh, getting more and more students to do that is important. I know we talk a lot about service learning and I know some people think, uh, that it's volunteering for volunteer is a yes, volunteering yes. sake, I guess. Okay, yeah. but that's not really no. what it is. I mean, they're they're actually uh, applying mm -hmm. some of what they've learned mm -hmm. to a real life situation. That's so right. I'd call it more hands on. Exactly. Learning. Exactly, and it's something that can be embedded within a course, so it's separate than an internship. An internship, you have to do it separate, right? And it's all mm. of these hours. A service learning activity can take just an hour of outside of class time. It can be minimal. It can be on campus or off campus. It doesn't have to be a major time commitment, but it is a commitment to a community or a campus stakeholder where you are, I'm going to provide some kind of service to you. Mm -hmm. And the, what the students, you know, gain from that is that they learn, they learn about the community. Um, and the learning, we, we oftentimes focus on the learning of the content in the classroom, right? Discipline specific learning. But a lot of what of a lot of learning that takes place is learning of these what are once called soft skills or these competencies, right? These life skills, depending on what you want to call them, but doing you know leadership i mean what does it mean to be a servant leader what does it mean to be an active uh, a member of my community what does civic engagement look like so you can touch on all of these different pieces that when we talk about a, um, a liberal education you know we talk about students gaining more than just a a, a piece of paper which itself right. is important right. Right. those are those those experiences are the things that let students 
give students the opportunity to develop some of those skills they may not necessarily develop sitting in a classroom. Sure, sure. I mean, we, and so like a, a student or a student group that does a, uh, a marketing analysis mm -hmm. for the local chamber of commerce uh, could be a service learning project where they not only have to work as a team, develop some teamwork skills, mm -hmm. interact with the public, uh, but then they have to report their findings to the board and they have to be able to communicate and answer questions. And so they pick up a lot of those uh, extra skills, or at least they have those extra experiences beyond just knowing how to do a market analysis. Exactly. Right. right, and right. So those are, those are certainly uh, uh, good opportunities. And we like, uh, in, in many of our campus operations and campus activities have uh, opportunities for that kind of thing where a student uh, might lead a student organization, but they're leading That's and right. they're uh, getting teamwork and they're communicating. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. uh, this, I assume it, the part of this is getting faculty members to recognize these opportunities and how to embed them in their uh, coursework. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, so what? So, the Center for Teaching and Learning would be a place where they could go to uh, learn more about how to do that. That's right. Yeah. So we were right now is there are some structural changes in terms of the the Center for Teaching and Learning what it has been, and so we're. We're, we're evolving right now, but in the very near future, the Center for Teaching and Learning will be offering some programming on things like service learning, Of because we probably have faculty who range from having heard the term but not exactly sure of what it is to faculty who implement it and know what it is, and most faculty are going to be in, somewhere in between. And, and I, just in the past couple of years, have gone from not having heard the term to have taught, uh, uh, um, you know, used it in my, in my classes. So being able to help faculty wherever they are along the way and also yeah. to recognize the, the, the value of it. Um, it is oftentimes seen as something that is, and this is the way that you know, I, I initially it's okay. This is another activity. It's another thing. I mean, it's we already cover so much in our in our classroom. This is yet is you know is going to be just that much extra, but it can be integrated, and it doesn't take as much time as what we initially may may think that it does. So even if it does take the time, it's still worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Well, so yes, there will be some programming so coming up on that. I don't know if you can. I mean, I don't know what the answer to this might be, but uh, you obviously have uh, Im implemented some of these activities in some of your courses, if not all of your courses. Uh, have you seen, what do you see, what do you see the result be with the students? Are they more engaged? Do their grades improve? I mean, what, what, what do you see as the difference? I, it's interesting because what I thought the difference was going to be was not the actual difference. Uh, <laughs> students were, some students were initially resistant to the idea and I didn't expect that. I thought this is an opportunity to be more engaged and you'll love this. You, you'll want to be engaged. Mm -hmm. But when we were doing a big component of service learning is the reflective piece is reflecting back on what did I do well what can I improve upon and that reflective piece I think struck some as being more of a, of a like journaling exercise that may not have a place in the academic classroom and so and this came back from you know feedback and just really frank conversations that I was having with students so it was sort of getting them accustomed to this 
line of thinking, this way of thinking, and that this is a space where you can and should think about and reflect upon those things. Um, because after graduation, you know, it's, it's, you can continue to do that, but it, the, the ball should have gotten rolling with that, with that, with those processes earlier. So just getting them moving. But once they start moving and once they start seeing the, the idea is after they graduate is to hopefully continue volunteering and providing service to this particular agency or organization but also to when they you know stay in our community or if they move off elsewhere is to develop that eye for identifying a need right. you know in the community that there is something that needs to be done and stopping and thinking about what can i do to help address this need yeah. and understand that you know i have limitations and you know but i also have you know resources and i have you know my own um capabilities so how do i leverage other people to come together to address this identified need so those are the skills that we're wanting students to move toward but but also we have to recognize that it's not okay after this one hour experience you're right. going to be an expert in this right. and you know i when i have a chance to talk with students certainly with my own children uh, but as, as I talk to students, as they graduate and they start looking for jobs or, or uh, in some cases on to graduate school, you know, a lot of times they like to put on their resumes what they know. I took this class. I know this information. But what gets them hired is what they can do. That's and, exactly right. you know, so if they've led a team, if they've saved somebody money or they've, uh, you know, made a, a, a process more efficient or if they've, you know, done, you know, identified a, a weakness in a product, whatever the case might be. Uh, now they can say, this is what I bring to you. This is what my this is what you if you hire me, this is what you get. Uh, not only do I know something, but I've done something and I will bring that to the business. And so trying to get students to understand that it's not only what you know, it's what you can do and it's what you have done that's going to lead to uh, the kind of a career and, and mm -hmm. hopefully job that they want. And so by doing those things, that's what they can uh, put in that cover letter, right? Mm -hmm. I did this, I did this, I, I, we accomplished this as a team, whatever. Uh, and so we want to we want to encourage our students to understand that uh, it's part of the learning, but it's also a part of the, the development of not only them personally, but uh, hopefully of their career aspirations as well. So that's good stuff. We're going to get back. Uh, got a couple more things to cover, but I, also there's some other things that uh, we want to talk about because uh, Dr. Grissett's involved in so many cool things here at the university. A uh, couple of uh, campus operations type things going on. Uh, you may have seen that the um, parking lot over between the baseball, softball fields is blocked off. Uh, those of you who drive over there may notice that. And I've been saying this for months now, I know, and I'm tired of saying it myself, uh, but work on the baseball softball building will start next week. Yeah, they're gonna start tearing up that parking lot taking down trees uh, and uh, clearing the site for that new building. So that'll start, uh, so be careful as you're driving uh, over there. I know the guys working will try to keep that road open and clear, but I uh, still wanna encourage everyone to be careful. Um, benefits, the uh, open enrollment for uh, USG benefits will be October 28th through November 8th. So uh, that's important. Everybody needs to uh, enroll this year. I think we have to certify that we are non-smokers. And uh, this year, if your spouse is eligible for um, uh, 
benefits where they work. And you have to certify whether or not they are eligible or not eligible, and that can have an impact on your benefits. Uh, those are two of the changes among many. Uh, and so prior to the uh, enrollment period on Tuesday, October 22nd, Wednesday, October 23rd, and Friday, October 25th, uh, our folks over in Human Resources, uh, Gina Wilson, uh, Rachel Griggs, they will be hosting uh, some informal uh, I guess not informal, informational, if I could read, that would make it better, uh, informational sessions for uh, employees if they want to come and, and learn about healthcare and pharmacy changes, discussion on why changes are being made, tobacco and spousal surcharges, new and enhanced voluntary benefits, uh, and a number of other things. So those are going on next week so that folks that have questions will be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Campus Life is work looking for some uh, volunteers. Campus Life is hosting, let me see, let me get the piece of paper out here. The Georgia uh, Southwestern Campus Life is hosting Compassion Journey from November 7th through November 9th. It's a program to bring awareness to hunger and homelessness uh, throughout our society. They need some volunteers, so if you're interested in volunteering to either set up, clean up, or work the event, uh, please contact Megan Tallman uh, over in our um, Campus Life area. So that should be uh, a good learning environment for us here on campus. And uh, as usual, Suave, one of our student organizations, will be hosting the Trunk or Treat for faculty, staff, and students, uh, and students' children on October 31st. Uh, 6 p.m. They'll be in the parking lot of the Storm Dome and uh, having a good time with all the, the little ones out there. And uh, I also want to mention last week, we uh, last Thursday, we had the Day of Giving, first annual Day of Giving here at the University at Georgia Southwestern. And I uh, want to thank everyone for their support. It was a really fun day, a lot of activities, a lot of, a lot of uh, energy in the community. Uh, the results were very positive. We raised uh, $18,844, which is uh, well beyond our goal. Uh, the goal was uh, $1,000 for each of five uh, different categories of giving, and we exceeded that uh, in every category and, and just uh, had a great time. Total number of gifts was 83 gifts. 68 of those gifts came online. And uh, they came from six different states, Georgia, Florida, Illinois, Nevada, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. And from two countries, we, somebody from Canada uh, made a donation. So nice. two countries, uh, first time donors, 22% of the people who gave to the day of giving were brand new donors, wow, people who had never cool. given before. Um, we had seven restaurants that participated. Uh, 15,000 people saw the videos that were posted and uh, 63,000, almost 64,000 people saw the uh, posts and the information on Facebook. So uh, great day. I want to thank everybody for their uh, participation in uh, Day of Giving. And uh, we are uh, continuing to see uh, a lot of energy and enthusiasm around uh, Georgia Southwestern and what's happening. Uh, a couple things coming up. 
one of them tonight, uh, Sirocco's, uh, the uh, literary uh, publication that comes out every year. Their launch party is tonight at six o'clock. Uh, so if you're listening to this after Thursday night at six o'clock, you missed the launch party, but that doesn't mean you can't uh, pick up your copy of Sirocco and enjoy the, uh, the talent of our uh, students and our staff and, and uh, faculty. Uh, that's uh, always a fun publication to see and to uh, to have a chance to, to read and enjoy. Uh, preview Day is coming up on November the 16th. I want to mention that because uh, first preview day of the year, uh, obviously it takes a lot of people across campus to uh, help make Preview Day uh, an exciting and special day for the students and parents, usually uh, parents and, and family members that come. Uh, checking us out. This is uh, uh, obviously the, mostly seniors thinking about where am I going to go to school next year, GSW, something I've heard about. Uh, it's really important that we get off to a good start and that we, uh, those students that come here, you got to believe have a positive think uh, feel about us. They, they make the trip here and so we, won't, we don't want to do anything to uh, change that opinion. In fact, we want to improve it. Uh, and so that's an important day. We want, we want everyone that can uh, to help us out. Uh, next week, uh, also, we've got the golf tournament, President's Classic Golf Tournament on Friday. So if you haven't signed up and want to play some golf next Friday, I hope that you'll contact the uh, athletic department, get signed up. Should be a fun day. Sounds like the weather's going to be pretty nice. And uh, last time I was out there, which was a week or so ago, the golf course was in excellent shape. Um, I try very hard to get out there to uh, keep an eye on the golf course. And uh, last week I didn't get to, so I can't give you a, an exact, but I know they're doing a good job making it look very nice. Uh, and then next Saturday is the alumni event, Come Sail Away. If you are into yacht rock, you, are you a yacht rocker? I'm a rocker, but I could be a yacht rocker for one day, I think. So we're going to have a nice event Saturday night. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of food, and a lot of great folks out uh, celebrating GSW and their connection to uh, the university. And we're going to listen to some yacht rock. And uh, can, can like you name can you name anybody that does yacht rock? I don't know. Oh gosh. Um, okay, you think about that. Okay, I'm going to keep yeah. going. Uh, <laughs> we're hosting the Georgia Theater Conference this week. Uh, I've started to see some of the students on campus. Um, mostly high school students. Uh, I think their conference, the professional conference, started Wednesday. Students started showing up today. Theater uh, performances uh, all over campus. There's some downtown in the Rylander, uh, but this is uh, really uh, happening all over campus. And again, I want to thank uh, Jeff Green for bringing this to campus. And uh, the, the economic impact it makes on our community is significant. The impact it makes here on the campus is also significant. I know our recruiters are out uh, talking to the students, uh, trying to uh, make sure they know that this is a place that they could choose, whether they're in theater or not, uh, for their uh, higher education as they continue on. And so uh, we are glad to host them. All right. So besides being a faculty member, Besides being the director of the Center for Teaching and Learning, besides being the director of experiential learning here at the university, uh, you're also the mother of three. That's right. And so uh, how exactly do you keep all of this 
together. How do you keep it going? Uh, I'm impressed. Uh, I'm impressed by the just the volume of work. And we throw in the three kids, and and I've seen you out on the street uh, downtown at some of our yeah. events, and they're not uh, they're not really self sufficient at yeah. the moment, are they? <laughs> no. One is four, one is two, and one will be five months oh, in a couple gosh. of weeks. So they are, yeah. Um, well, one, a very supportive husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess second is uh, probably an unhealthily, uh, yeah, lack of, uh, level of lack of sleep. So <laughs> between the two, I get it done. And, and a good, and a good attitude of, um, you know, if we talk about work-life balance and whatever life outside of work, you know, involves for people and it involves different things for, for everyone. And so mine happens to involve this. <laughs> people, you know, assume, and it is, they are, you know, time intensive, but so I feel like so are a lot of other things. And I, um, it's, it's about being realistic with what you can do at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, nobody drive by my house or come into my house, you know, <laughs> until I've had a, a good long weekend, you know, because things do, you know, sometimes the laundry doesn't get done. That's on exactly time. right. That's exactly right. But it's, um, but it's fun. And I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it I wouldn't have it any other way. So, um, they, they, it's, it's a, to me, I'm, I'm finding that balance. I mean, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a struggle, you know, but it's, um, (laughs) well, they're beautiful kids, uh, children, and, uh, they always are uh, smiling and happy when I see them. They look like they're doing a good job. (laughs) So, uh, I congratulate you and your husband for, uh, having a great family and, and staying active and, uh, Christy and I at one time had, uh, as you know, had three boys um, under three years old. And oh, so wow. we had twins the second time. So we had uh, Austin was just about two and a half when the twins got there. And so uh, it, it, uh, it can be hectic for so, a while. Yeah. But uh, if, 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 if I, the only example I can be is that uh, eventually they grow up That's and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can make it. You can survive. Obviously, I had a very good uh, partner as well. So that's, that's right. uh, certainly a critical thing. Speaking of having all those kids under three, uh, and in your case, I guess under four, mm-hmm. four and under, mm-hmm. uh, the University System of Georgia has launched a new uh, mental health task force. Mm. So I thought that was appropriate that we would bring this up at this time. Um, it's really focused on our students uh, here at the university. We know that uh, many students uh, have mental health uh, concerns and issues that we uh, as, as an organization need to address uh, is becoming a, a more and more significant part of what we do here at the university. And so the University System of Georgia has launched a uh, mental health task force to uh, review our uh, programs, our policies, the best practices within the university system uh, and from campuses around the country to uh, create some collaboration among our institutions and uh, find ways for us uh, to work together and to address some of the recommendations uh, of the Board of Regents and uh, and this task force to try and provide better services for our students. That's great. And uh, that's going to be a, a, a busy work, but uh, certainly here on our campus, uh, that's something that we constantly struggle with from a financial standpoint. Uh, you want to make sure the services are available. Um, you know not every student needs the services, mm-hmm. but uh, when they need it, 
it needs to be available. And so uh, balancing uh, how to make it available, how much to make available with our available resources is always a challenge. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to be interested to see the results of that. Uh, a couple of folks I want to uh, recognize from the uh, Academy or the Albany Museum of Art uh, AMA writing competition. We had uh, several of our students. Chloe Butts uh, finished in second place. I think she won some money. I, I can't remember the exact amount, but she could certainly buy some coffee if uh, if you know Chloe. Uh, and then Colleen Coleman and Will Tomlinson. Uh, were honorable mentions in the competition. Nice. So I uh, want to congratulate those students for, for one, participating in a writing competition, which I think is really awesome and for doing so well. Uh, and, I, and it seems like I'm doing this every week now, but our men's golf team, our golf team, um, had another great tournament, finished tied for fifth, I think. Uh, and they are now ranked number two in the country. So uh, in their fall season, they went from being unranked to now being ranked number two in the country. Uh, Vinny Norm, Vincent Norman, Vinny Norman, uh, one of our players is now the second ranked player in all of division two in the entire country. So uh, they are off to a great start and they uh, are, I'm sure they're having a lot of fun, uh, but they're doing a great job representing the university. And so I want to congratulate those guys and uh, look forward to seeing uh, more of them in action. Of course, uh, the golf tournament, as I mentioned, is coming up next week, and so all of them will be on my team, and uh, <laughs> will be uh, will be hard to beat. But uh, all right, last thing, let's talk about um, Center for Teaching and Learning. Um, many uh, people, and I, I would count myself among them, uh, believe or or think we understand that. Uh, a faculty member uh, knows how to teach, right? And, and, I, and, and generally speaking, they do. Uh, but the Center for Teaching and Learning is really available to help people develop those skills. Mm -hmm. And so tell me more about the Center for Teaching and Learning and how, uh, how you support the faculty and what it is that, that you guys are really focused on and maybe some of the issues or, or some of the concepts that uh, are constantly being uh, mm -hmm. talked about in there. So the model that we, we have, the approach that we have, is that we all have our strengths, right, in the, in the classroom. And so um, we'll give a presentation, you know, I'll give a presentation sometimes. Maybe we'll have another faculty member give a presentation on something that they do. But we pull from each other in our discussions of, and share. Um, to give an example, I'll give a, a, a syllabus workshop one time. And if you think about it, Developing a syllabus, a good syllabus that is transparent, that has, okay, you know, very clear, you know, expectations for the students and expectations for yourself as a faculty member. Um, you know, when we write them, okay, well, we'll kind of fill in the blanks a little bit later on in the semester. And I'm, I'm just as guilty of this as, you know, as anyone of, um, but when you get to that point, it's a, it's there it, there are blanks there are gaps and how can we help students better understand of what what is this class for what am I getting out of this class 
So, in, you know, in that limited example, students are, um, we, we, we talk about what are the ways that we will write a syllabus. I mean, right, it's a very technical thing, but even something like language, you know, like is it warm language, is it welcoming language, or is it cold, and does it put the student off, you know, coming into the class, or what tone are we setting? Um, and then having sort of those frank, you know, conversations. And we've been having um, more speakers come in to talk about the work that they've, they've been doing doing um We've had a uh, uh, Dr. Fisk in psychology recently published a book uh, called Slides for Students, and uh, it's a, basically a, a how-to tutorial, and it's more than that. It's, it's a, actually a good, um, you know, rich description of the history of slides and, and uh, the ways that they can be used. But he gave a presentation, and it was a very well-attended event, and f faculty learning of how do I make a good PowerPoint slide, <laughs> right? So there are things that we we assume that we are doing a good job and maybe we are doing a good job but I think that there's always room no matter what profession you're in you have room for professional growth right and professional development and teaching is is not excluded for that so the CTL is really an avenue where we can come together and support each other and laugh you know <laughs> because we tend to be going through you know very similar experiences so in some ways it's a having that that peer support um, it's a nice boost yeah. um, and when we go back to our offices and to our classrooms we 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 have new ideas we have we we feel like okay we're part of this bigger fabric here than than me you know isolated in this in this right. area well we and and we know that uh, my style might work for one set of students or a, a group of students that like to do certain things and and but might not work as great for the others. And so I might have questions about how do I reach that group that, you know, that my comfortable style doesn't mm -hmm. work for. Uh, and so having, you know, somebody to say, oh, you're really good at that. How do you, mm -hmm. you know, how do I, how could I incorporate that? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we, I think it's uh, such a valuable tool and uh, we want to encourage everyone to participate. You guys got anything? I know you said you were doing some reorganization, but we got anything coming up uh, that people can look forward to? Are we going to wait till the second semester to uh, have something else available? So this semester, I we don't have anything else on the table for this semester, with the exception of, I will say that we have been meeting um, with new faculty. Oh, um, so it's not faculty body wide, but the new faculty, we come together and we, we, I mean, we go through a lot of things that, that, you know, as a new faculty member, you don't know. And it may be a new faculty member, uh, GSW, maybe a new faculty member in general. In general so yeah. some of those, those questions that they have. Um, but I will say the teaching circles that are here on campus right. that Dr. Harvey oversees, they, they have some, we rub shoulders, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, that's something that she has going on and, and has had the teaching circles have been longstanding and those are such a great opportunity. And I think faculty who are here are aware of them, know about them, but, um, but, to go to even more more of those you know I, I try to go to all that I all that I can and right. it's a good way to to get out of your you know out of your your um, you know department too right. and go talk with other people yeah absolutely and we know that technology's coming right I mean every year we get something new mm -hmm. new things and how to incorporate that technology into your teaching and and how to make it available how, you know does it make the class better does it make it 
uh, you know, more difficult, less difficult, you know, do students learn more, whatever the case mm -hmm. might be. Uh, so those are all good conversations and got to have a place where they can happen. Mm -hmm. And so we appreciate you uh, running the Center for Teaching and Learning, and uh, we want to support you in any way that, uh, that we can. And so uh, we'll always try to announce and talk about some of the things coming up. And uh, we know you're doing a great job and uh, look forward to more and more of your activities appreciate you coming in today yeah. and, and one more plug sure, go ahead. um the the i, I was going through a, i i operate you talking about how do i do it all it's with a google calendar <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to mentally go through my calendar and it's oh wait a second on next monday or uh yes yeah, on the on the tw uh, 22nd i'll have to look back at my calendar but we are doing the webinar um and i'll send out an email reminder about that it's with the new uh the general core the restructuring of the general core and we'll watch a webinar but i want to really use it as a platform to talk about this bigger change that's coming, coming so we yeah. do have we do have that coming up soon that's right the uh, the system is looking at that and i know they are hopeful to have something by the end of this academic year to release so that we can start uh, talking about how we'll do deal with that uh, here at the university and uh, uh we, we didn't get to today, but I really want to talk about study abroad. Uh, and so maybe uh, next semester, as we're getting closer to some of those study abroad activities actually taking place, I know most of them take place in the summer. Uh, I think it'd be great. We have one in January. I think it'd be great to have a chance to talk about what study abroad is, uh, how it works, uh, the value of it, and uh, how students and faculty can be involved in the process. So if you'll come back, uh, we'll do that uh, sometime uh, next semester. And and check up on how the kids are doing as well. So uh, again, I want to thank Dr. Uh, Grissett for joining us today on the What's in the Cup podcast. We hope everybody has a uh, terrific weekend and uh, we look forward to um, being back here next week talking again. Uh, the golf tournament's next Friday, so we might have to go again on next Thursday, uh, Jonathan. So uh, we're going to make it three for three on Thursdays uh, in October. So uh, look forward to visiting with everybody again then. Uh, have a great uh, weekend. We'll see everybody back here uh, next week for another uh, terrific week at Georgia Southwestern. <laughs>